3,753 hours down and seven hours to go. December 25th is finally here. And before long, billions of people around the world will be tearing off ribbons and bows, uh, ripping off wrapping paper at warp speed, and tossing boxes off to the side as they open up their Christmas gifts. Fun, crazy, exciting, over in a flash, good times. Amen? Amen. Okay, so what, what are you hoping to get this year? Um, what gifts you get last year? What was your favorite? Uh, like, what was the very best Christmas gift that you've ever received in your life? Have you ever gotten a gift that you didn't even know that you needed it, but once you got it, you're like, how did I ever live without it? And have you ever gotten a not-so-good Christmas gift? You know, the kind that make you wonder uh, what the giver of the gift was actually thinking? Like, were they, is it a joke, or were they serious? Uh, this week, I, I went on YouTube. I saw a video of uh, Jimmy Fallon talking about the worst gifts ever in one of his hashtag segments. Here are a few. Uh, at Sam TW says, my dad once got me a shirt that was his size. <laughs> and he said he would take it if I didn't want it. Hashtag worst gift ever. Uh, at T Max Davis, I got a $25 gift card. The balance was only $10. Hashtag worst gift ever. Uh, at Fancy LAT, one year I got the book, He's Just Not Into You, from five different people. Message received. Hashtag worst gift ever. Uh, at Kevin4444, my brother got me a leaf that he said was from the Wrigley Field Wall and that he paid $350 for it. I found out that he got it from our front yard. <laughs> Hashtag worst gift ever. Um, at Chuck Booty, uh, my parents gave me a Nintendo game. We didn't own a Nintendo. They told me to go play that at my friend's house. <laughs> worst gift ever. And, and again, you know, billions and billions of gifts are about to be opened, and some maybe even tonight. Some will be awesome. Some unexpected, some just what you hope for, and others just okay, and maybe some not so good. But listen, this Christmas Eve, 2019, I'm going to remind each of us that when you boil Christmas down, at its core, it's about Jesus because he is the gift. Yeah, Jesus, not electronics, clothes, toys, games, bikes, jewelry, gift cards. He is the gift. He's a gift that we all need and that we need it. He's a gift that just keeps giving and giving and giving. He's a gift that once we open it up, we're like, how in the world did I ever live without this gift? I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9.15. He says, thanks be, to, thanks be to God for his son, a gift too wonderful for words. Uh, some verses uh, word it this way. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And Something I like to do at Maple Grove, and if you're here with us visiting, that's awesome. You get to play along. It is, I like to say something, have you guys re repeat your line, okay? So, um, this is, we're live. We're live right now. I mean, there's people all over the world watching us, right? <laughs> Listening to what we're saying. And, 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 and so, your line is for his indescribable gift, right? Let's practice on three. One, two, three. For his indescribable gift. All right? We do that three times. I'll do my part. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Man, you guys crushed it. And, and 
When we talk about the gift of Jesus, there's so many things that we can talk about. Uh, we can talk about the fact that um, the gift of his death, right? Where he paid a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. We can talk about the gift of his resurrection where he defeated death, sin, and the grave, guaranteeing our forever with him. Uh, but today, I just want to take a, a few minutes to talk about the gift of Jesus' life. A life whose birth Matthew writes about in this gospel, the first chapter. Angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So give birth to a son. You're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be a child and will give birth to a son. They'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Joseph woke up. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife, and she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. I understand 2,000 years ago, the, the word which was with God and was God left heaven, put on flesh, and made his dwelling among us. Emmanuel, God with us, <coughs> set up residence in our neighborhood. He, he strolled our streets, and the world has never been the same. Just think about it. God the Son willingly, because he so loved you and so loved me, stepped down from heaven and put on human flesh. Paul says your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. I understand Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, didn't come with the trumpet blast or great fanfare. Rather, he came as a small baby wrapped in pieces of cloth lying in a manger. Uh, that's Almighty God, the creator of the universe, lying in a used feeding trough for animals. That's the same. And though he was literally the fullest of God in the flesh, there were no royal attendants taking care of his every need, but just his mom and his dad. But Jesus, like any baby, he, he didn't Stay that way long. He grew. He took his first steps. Uh, said his first words. Right? I was like, look, Cosby, this is just popped in my head. That happens a lot. You know, he says, when our kids are little, we're trying to get them to, you know, to, to walk and to talk, and then we spend the rest of their lives telling them to sit down and shut up. Right? <laughs> Come on, let's start going your first step. Would you just be quiet? Would you just settle down? But can you see him doing that in his first words? Can you see him wrestling with his brothers, playing with his sisters? Jesus lived. And because he lived, the world for 2,000 years has never been the same. Thanks be to God. For his indescribable gift. Wow. Never really got it. <laughs> I'm just teasing. That's who I am. I want you to imagine with me for a moment. Just a world without Jesus. Uh, imagine what a world would be like without him. Obviously, there's huge implications with regard to our, our sinner of salvation, but that's not what I, what I want to talk about. And so I just want us to try to get a glimpse, get a picture of what our world would be like if that little baby did not come 2,000 years ago. And there's no debate that our world would be totally different, right? No intelligent debate. It would be totally different. For one thing, look at all the great works of art by Raphael, Da Vinci, Michelangelo, that would never have been painted. All the great music by Bach, Mozart, Beethoven, that would never have been written. I mean, there would be a gaping hole in art and music and poetry 
if Jesus had never strolled our streets. If Jesus never lived, there would be no hospitals or people called the Good Samaritan. Uh, there would be no Salvation Army ringing bells this time of year or helping the less fortunate throughout the year. Uh, there would be no Christians reaching out to the needy, building orphanages, serving the poor, uh, providing clean water, clothing, shelter, and medical care throughout the world. Uh, there will be no church buildings dotting the landscapes or huge steeples in the center of town. There will be no YMCA, Young Man's Christian Association, no Billy Graham, no Mother Teresa. There will be no Christmas songs to sing, no Joy to the World, Away in the Manger, Carpenter Angels Sing, no Old Little Town of Bethlehem or Silent Night. There will be no Christmas decorations or Christmas trees, Christmas stockings or candy canes because there would be no, be no Christmas. There will be no crosses on buildings or around people's necks or hanging from their ears. There be no golden rule, no do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And how in the world will we date our checks, right? Or our calendars or our letters because all time revolves around this baby that was born in a major B.C. and A.D. And what would the world do without the words of Jesus? Once when some soldiers were sent to arrest Jesus, they came back empty-handed, and the only excuse they could give was that no one ever spoke the way this man spoke. Now understand, the words of Jesus, they're, they're not bound by time, they're not bound by race, they're not bound by culture, they're not bound by geography. And for 2,000 years, people from all around the world, from all races and backgrounds and economic status, has been impacted and transformed by his words. Listen to him. Love your neighbor as you love yourself was spoken by a man whose neighbors tried to kill him. Uh, the child of the family for the gospel was issued by a young man who, who kissed his mom in the doorway. Pray for those who persecute you. Came from the lens of one who would soon be begging God to forgive those who were nailing him to a cross. And Jesus' words satisfied the deep hunger of man like no other words ever spoken. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they'll be satisfied. In John 4, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Some of you are thirsty, right? You tried everything to quench your thirst. You thought success would do it. You thought relationships would do it. You thought money would do it. You thought prestige would do it. But yet you're still thirsty. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst again. Matthew 11, where Jesus said, maybe he wants to say to some in this room tonight, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am weak and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your souls. And where would we be without the example of Jesus? He showed us how to love our enemies, how to pray for those who persecute and hate us. He showed us how to be humble. He showed us how to be a servant and wash the feet of other people. He showed us how to reach out to the hurting, to touch the untouchable, to comfort the broken, and to lift up the fallen. He taught us how to lay down our lives for our friends. He, he taught us to uh, uh, He taught us to set our future joy in front of us, right? What's coming for us, we're with it forever, in front of us so that we don't grow weary in running our race. Yes, Jesus is the gift, and what a gift he is. I understand that the gift of Jesus, 
has sent ripples to the seas of time and the lives of people for 2,000 years. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. About 80 years ago, a guy wrote a, a poem about the impact that Jesus had on the world. It's called One Solitary Life. I, I want to conclude with that. He was born in an obscure village, the son of a peasant woman. He grew up in another village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he became a wandering preacher. He never wrote a book, never held an office. He never had a family or owned a house. Didn't go to college, never visited a big city. He never traveled 200 miles from the place where he was born. He never did none of the things one usually associates with greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 when the tide of public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away, was turned over to his enemies and went through a mockery of a trial. He was executed by the state. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for his clothing, the only property he had on earth. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed tomb to the pity of a friend. Twenty centuries have come and gone, and today he's the center, central figure of the human race and the leader of mankind's progress. All the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that have ever reigned, put together, have not affected the life of man on this earth as much as that one solitary life. All the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that have ever reigned, put together, have not affected the life of man on this earth as much as that one solitary life. Maple Grove, he is the gift. And so this Christmas, as you open up your gifts, have fun, and enjoy them, laugh, smile, and celebrate. I mean, enjoy both the giving and the receiving. And also, do your best to take it all in. Right? To squeeze out every bit of life from every moment that you're with those you love this Christmas. And as you're doing that, I would just ask you to do two things. Number one, remember to thank God for his son, a gift too wonderful for words. And number two, to remember to keep opening up this indescribable gift. It's a gift that keeps giving and giving. It's a gift that keeps meaning more and more and more the further and further you open it up. Amen? Amen. And listen, all the gifts you ever receive. And all the people, places, and experience you'll ever have in this life added together will never impact your life for the better, for the good, the way that Jesus has and still can. It's Christmas Eve 2019, and he is the gift. Father God, we thank you for your son. Jesus, we thank you for your life, for your example, for your works. And I just pray that uh, as we celebrate Christmas, that, that you are front and center in our celebration. I pray that we're encouraged by the love that you have for us, that you demonstrated towards us. And the hope that we have because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.